time of xenophobia, stopping the boats, and more overt and vocal racism. What's the role of community-based multicultural broadcasting in Australia? Hello, I'm John Langer, and this is Communication Mixdown. To explore some of these questions and get at some, some of the answers, I spoke to Susan Ford. She's a professor of journalism at Griffith University in Brisbane and the director of that university's Centre for Social and Cultural Research. And she's in the middle of doing an in-depth research project into the ways that ethnic multicultural broadcasting plays a key part in meeting and serving the needs of diverse migrant and refugee communities all across the country. Here's the first part of our pre-recorded discussion. You're currently working on a project that's investigating the place of ethnic community broadcasting in the lives of migrants and their settlement experiences. I wanted to ask to start a conversation, why radio? This is the era we're told of the Internet, digital platforms, social media. Why single out radio? Radio is the one platform, the one traditional media platform, which we call legacy media, that has maintained its position in the market and that has maintained um, its you know, key role in people's lives. So while we see newspaper readership dropping, while we see television news uh, watching you know, levels, uh, audience levels dropping, we do not see the same trend in radio. So our questions then become why. Why is radio maintaining its position in people's lives? And we think that it comes down to a matter of convenience. Uh, Radio is there. It's portable. uh, It can occur in the background. You don't have to stop what you're doing to listen to radio in the way that you do, um, you know, to read a newspaper uh, or read a magazine uh, or even to watch television. You can be cooking dinner. You can be dealing with children. You can be... Um, riding a bus Mm. and listening to radio. And so when we look at um, listenership, it has been, it has stayed the same across 10 years when all other media have been falling in their audience levels. And community broadcasting in particular, the regular national listener surveys that they're doing show that radio listenership for community radio is actually increasing slightly. So from 25% of Australians listening to community radio in the average week uh, 10, 12 years ago, it's now up to about 27, 28%. And the number of people listening in the average month has gone from around 50% to over 50%. So that's why we're looking at radio. And uh, particularly in terms of uh, community broadcasting as well, it's very important. And a couple of other why questions just to kick us off. Uh, why research on ethnic community radio and why now in particular? And you relate this, as I understand, to something that you've called the politics of fear. Yes, it's... I mean, ethnic, ethnic community broadcasting is a very unique sector. 
what we know is that minority communities, whether they be ethnic communities or Indigenous communities or uh, young people or radical political communities, whatever shape that minority community might take, they're not served by most of the media that we all consume every day. They're not served by Channel 9, by Foxtel, by the Korea Mail, by the Australian. So in a democratic society, and particularly in an advanced democratic society which is diverse, it's essential that you have media that gives voice and gives some form of power to minority communities and importantly um, a, a medium which represents them where they feel that they're either listening to people like them or that they're communicating if they're producers that they're communicating with people like them with messages that are important mm. in the mainstream media as as we know uh, it's dominated by that it's dominated by mainstream politics they're speaking to a broad, generic mass audience. And unfortunately, the way the discussion has gone around migrants and ethnic communities over the past 20 years is to create a politics of fear, is to identify these people as the other, not like us. And so they're separated from the broad mainstream of society, which means that a commercial media organisation or a media organisation that's trying to attain the biggest audience they can will simply either ignore those people or they categorise them as the other. Mm-hmm. And so this politics of fear that I've, that I've talked about dominates the mainstream media discourse and that's why we know that ethnic broadcasting, ethnic newspapers media that speaks specifically to those communities is essential because it's the only place where people of diverse backgrounds don't feel like they're on the outside of society, don't feel like they're these aliens who have come in um, and, and, and form some kind of threat. Now, when you're looking at the role of ethnic community broadcasting, you point out a couple of other important factors to consider. One of those is the changing demographics of who the migrants are who are coming and the refugees who are coming and settling in Australia, but also where they're settling. I was wondering if you could talk to those issues. It's, it's really interesting. And when, when we do research, we have to do research that we think is important. We have to do research that we think is needed. But we also need to look at what are the what are the current you know policy shifts. So what are the current um, things that that the government or the NGO sectors or industry sectors might be thinking about that they need information on. And so the policy shift that we're seeing is for more ethnic migrant communities to be first settled in regional areas. And this is part of a federal government um, policy to revitalise regional areas, to create businesses there, to provide workers out there, um, places like Shepparton, where there have been issues, places like Tamworth, places like Toowoomba in Queensland, where there's a big Sudanese community, uh, Roma in Western Queensland. So these really quite, you know, you could say um, homogenous white Australian regional areas, not known for their 
progressive, mm. you know, politics that these migrant communities are landing in. Uh, and, and large groups of them are landing in. Newcastle is another example. Uh, and so uh, with this with this shift in, in where in the towns that the government is placing people, our need to make those people feel welcome, understood, represented becomes even more urgent. The, the shift that we've seen in terms of the of the migrant mix um, is is that you know we know that there's been an increase in uh, the number of people coming from Middle Eastern communities, um, even the number of people coming from Buddhist communities, and in fact in in communities such as the Hindi, Muslim, and and Buddhist communities, they have really high levels of community radio listenership. So while average listenership is around 27%, mm -hmm. in particularly in the Hindi, Muslim and Buddhist communities, 38 to 42% of those communities are listening to ethnic community broadcasting. So that's when you start getting up to more than a third, almost half of these people mm -hmm. are relying on this. And, and that's, that's when you start to say, okay, this is a key source of information for them. Uh, and therefore, the content that these media organisations deliver is crucial. This sort of leads on to my next question, which is in your research you talk about something you call media engagement and public connection, and you say these have very important implications for the workings of democracy. I was wondering if you could, I think you've alluded to this a little bit, could you unpack what you're getting at here? It's, this, is, this is where, as researchers, you know, the academic component comes in. So we have to be doing a, a project that's useful to people, um, that answers questions that society needs to know the answers to. But we also need to put that into a broader context and say, okay, what are, what are we really saying here? And what we're really saying is that previously, government policy, public understanding of a good settlement experience, of someone becoming a good um, civilian or a good citizen in their new community would revolve around things like, have they got a job? Are their children going to school? Uh, are they involved in local community groups? Are they taking community leadership roles, etc.? What we are suggesting is that, in fact, if these people engage with media, that's another core indicator of settlement and of um, integration and of uh, belonging within a society. So this, this idea comes from, there's a, there's a very good uh, scholar in the UK called Nick Coldrey who talks about this notion of connectedness through media. Mm. And what that really means is that if we use media engagement as one of the other criteria of settlement and uh, social cohesion, then we start to get a much a more holistic picture of a person belonging to a society. You know, we mm. know as as people, or I know as somebody who was born in Australia, very much feels a sense of belonging here. That I consume media all the time. And I feel that most of the media that I consume is directed at me, mm. relates to me. Mm -hmm. If we see that in migrant communities as well, that they're consuming media all the time about the society that they're living in, that that media is directed at them, it speaks to them, it represents them, then that is a crucial marker of, of integration and social cohesion and sense of belonging.
You're listening to Susan Ford from Griffith University talking about the politics of fear and how multicultural radio in Australia provides something of a community-based counterbalancing function. This is Communication Mixdown. More after this. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. There was an interesting uh, anecdote that you uh, wrote about was was to do with people from uh, Eastern Europe and uh, coming particularly from authoritarian regimes. And it does relate to some of this discussion that we've been having. They were actually afraid to talk to you as researchers. And why did you find this so significant? It's it's always interesting when you we we can do all the quantitative surveys that we like you know we can send out surveys either online or we can do phone surveys um, and and get people's quantitative views of how 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 integrated do you feel or how welcome do you feel or what has been your experience has it been good very good excellent. Um, not very good, you know, mm. but it's only when you talk to people that you start to really understand where they're coming from and what different perspectives they have. So we did this big um, national audience uh, study about 10 years ago now, just over 10 years ago, where we went around and did 55 focus groups with all different ethnic communities, Indigenous communities and general community radio listeners community broadcasting listeners around Australia. And it was when we started getting in touch with uh, communities that had come from the former Eastern Bloc Mm. and other communities that had come from more authoritarian regimes. I particularly remember the Afghani community. I remember the Serbian community. Uh, They were very frightened to speak to us as researchers. So we would explain to them, oh, no, this is just a a research project Mm. to understand how you use this media, why you listen to it, what role it plays in your life. But because we were from a university, uh, the world that they'd come from meant that was a government-attached organisation and that anything they said might, in fact, be fed back to government. So it's when you understand that people have a sense of fear about where they've landed that they bring previous understandings of how a society operates, i.e. there's a there's an authoritarian government that will know who you are, mm. that will come and find you and take you away or whatever it might be or threaten your children at school. When you understand that context and all of that knowledge and, and discourse, I guess, that they bring to their new environment, that's when you, it really lands. Mm. With, with me and with other researchers about how important this media mm. is because there is no way that, um, you know, Carl Stefanovic or, mm. <laughs> you mm. know, take your pick mm. Of, mm. of a range of mm. prominent media personalities, there's no way they can take those sorts mm. of things into account in the way they cover migration or in the way they cover a new boat's arrived or, or the way they cover what's happening on Manus Island or Nauru. I see this very much in terms of what you were talking about, the settlement experience and the, and the 
the coming into the community and becoming part of it is obviously very important in the way you're talking about it in those media terms, as well as, for example, going to school, getting jobs and so on. That's right. And we, and we especially find those, um, those narratives very dominant when we're talking about settling in regional areas. So all of the government uh, uh, material, and if, and if you look it up, if you look up migration in regional areas, there will be these glossy government brochures, glossy government websites saying, we, we will um, have uh, support in place, so practical support. There'll be community development. We'll have some counsellors there to help with trauma recovery. We'll provide housing. We'll help you get settled at school. Now, all of those mm-hmm. things are really important, absolutely important to somebody's um, uh, sense, of, sense of settlement and, and beginning a life, you know, beginning a new life. Uh, but, but what is missed is the role of media in all of this, the role of, the role of media in terms of the information that these people are receiving and the role of media in the information that the broader community is receiving mm. about these people. And so th- th- there, that, that's where we really see those, those practical community development supports really start to dominate in regional areas. Mm. You know, we've got, we've got a, an abattoir in this community that doesn't have enough local workers we'll put a heap of migrants out there who from a particular community they'll all have the support of each other they can all work in the abattoir the abattoir stays open they've got jobs uh woohoo you know Mm. everything's Mm. all good Mm. and well Mm. but Mm. but that's just the Mm. beginning Mm. that is just the beginning absolutely somebody feeling like um you know they belong here and they've got a role here you talked about your previous research which happened around 10, 10 or a, a little bit longer than that. Your current research that you're doing, are you, is it going to be the similar kind of research or are your methodologies going to be different? What's your approach this time? Well, John, if the uh, federal government would, would fund this project, <laughs> we, would, we, would, we would be able to, to talk more specifically. So what, what we're doing at the moment, right. what we're doing at the moment is... Um, uh-huh. Gathering, we've got a lot of um, background material and we've done some interviews with our key industry partners. So our industry partners on this project are the NEMBC, National Ethnic Multicultural Broadcasters Council, uh, FECA, Federation for Ethnic Community Councils of Australia, uh, and also the CBAA, Community Broadcasting Association of Australia, which your listeners would be very familiar with. Yes. And we also have the NEMBC has very welcome support from the CBF in uh, in helping us put together this project. So we've done interviews with our industry partners and had a number of meetings and we've gathered a lot of data, a lot of background data about ethnic uh, migration settlement patterns, about regional policy around this and about regional migration settlement patterns. And we've also um, done a really good survey and put, synthesised previous research about mm. ethnic community broadcasting in Australia. And the CBAA has done a huge amount of really fantastic research through their listener survey, through our previous quantitative surveys, uh, through their own station census data, uh, and through a range of other uh, tenders and so on that they've commissioned. Mm. So we've pulled together a lot of that material into a cohesive whole so that we know what we do know mm. uh, and what we don't what know. What you need to know. 
That's right, and and also what what part of that those different sets of data um, mm. need to be need to be updated. In terms of the methods, we did find the focus groups last time when we did the national audience uh, study to be extremely useful mm. uh, for, for the reasons that I spoke about yes. before. Yes. It, it, it's really only when you get people in a room together that you can see what this mm. station is doing mm. in mm. building community, in creating community, uh, and, in, and in giving, giving space, you know, and, and a headroom, I mm. guess. To, to different different ideas and different experiences. So we will do focus groups again. What we will also do this time around is to speak to the broader community. So speak to, particularly in regional areas, uh, local mayors, uh, mm. councillors, councillors who are in charge of particular initiatives associated with new ethnic communities uh, and those sorts of groups to get a more holistic idea of how this works in a, in an internet more all-encompassing way. Now, look, you've said a, a lot of fairly positive things in, uh, about the potential of uh, ethnic community broadcasting, but I wouldn't describe you as a Pollyanna or as an eternal optimist. I think I, you're actually a realist because you say there's a number of issues, especially in regional community radio stations, that need to be addressed and grappled with. What are some of these issues? Uh, thank you for for saying that. I think it's all we we need. Again, we need to be careful as researchers not to be just delivering material or or, or findings that we think uh, our our partners want. We're we're researchers and we are on a process of discovery. Every time we begin a project, um, we we think we know what we're going to find, but what we really want is to be surprised by some of the findings because that gives us an opportunity to rethink and to work out what might actually be going on here. We've always approached our research on the community broadcasting sector in that way. And what that means is that we do take a really honest uh, approach to the research that we do. Some of the issues in the sector are around, and they'd be things that people who work within the sector are very well aware of. You know, there is conflict between different ethnic community groups and we also came across that when we did our national audience survey. There are sometimes old conflicts that are brought to Australia when different communities settle, uh, and that can cause issues between different programs. There is also um, what we might think about as a bit of a stronghold of ethnic community broadcasting, and those are the very established migrant communities who have had played a, 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 a seminal pioneering role in establishing the strength of community broadcasting in Australia, uh, post-war communities, Greeks, um, you know, Italians, mm. other 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 po other European post-war migrant communities that have played a crucial role and now hold very senior positions, quite rightly, in the sector. What that can mean, though, is that sometimes, and I, and I wouldn't particularly target you know, the Greek and Italian mm, communities because mm. there's many others, mm. um, the Chinese community and so on, but what that means is these communities, again, quite understandably, want to protect um, their broadcasting time and the programs that they run, but what we know is that there are emerging communities mm. that really need time on radio as well. So it's really important as part of our research that we communicate with all of these communities um, and, and, and work out the best way forward and make recommendations to the NEMBC and the CBAA and the CBF about how they can well handle 
you know, these these sorts of, um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily conflicts, but tensions yes. between different different groups within within their broad remit. Um, the NEMBC does a very good job of this, is extremely aware of it, uh, gets very involved to ensure that as many communities as possible are represented. We know that they broadcast, you know, 2,000 hours of, of multicultural broadcasting um, in a week. They, there are more than 100 different ethnic communities that are represented on Australian community radio every week so they're doing a very good job of of meeting the needs of of the sector but there's no doubt that it's it's not all smooth sailing sure um we we know also that uh new communities can come in and there's you know i i i've i've talked before about some of the of the emerging communities are quite small at the moment but their needs are high you know people from the from the democratic republic of Congo, mm. for example, their numbers are small, but the needs of those people are, are very high. They've come from extremely traumatic situations. They've come from war-torn places. Um, the same with Iraq, which has uh, an established sector of its community, people who have been here for a couple of generations, and then there are new and emerging um, sectors of that community that have different need to the to the older more established members of that of that group mm, and mm. so it's a matter of the sector um, understanding recognizing and then working out how best to navigate those sorts of tensions that was susan ford she's a researcher and professor of journalism at griffith university and she was locating the importance of multicultural radio for both established and emerging migrant and refugees community, refugee communities all across Australia. That's all from Communication Mixed Down this week. We're here again next Monday. Let's go out with a track from the sports, and it's all about, well, listening to the radio.
3CR, radio that's independent, progressive and making a difference.